Welcome to The Rhyme and Reason, where we break down the reason behind life's rhymes through open dialogue around topics that affect your life. We're your host, I'm Ryan. And I'm Inkem. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's rhyme. Sweet. So today's episode, we're going to be touching on the topic of sustainability. Um, what does it mean to us? And how have we used this idea of what sustainable living means to apply it to our own personal lives and what changes have we made along the way? I feel like sustainability is obviously a trend right now in a good way and in some not so good ways, but I guess we'll get into that later on in the episode. But the idea of sustainability, in my opinion, has been on the rise due to climate change and response from consumers, seeing how capitalism is kind of like running rampant and people's quality of lives haven't been getting better. But there's so much more things that are being produced and manufactured. And as a result, the quality of our lifestyle almost seems like it's degrading in the process as well, like, you know, the quality of water and um, the quality of our food, etc. So in this episode, we wanted to talk out loud about what sustainability means to us in on a consumer level. Yeah, and I think like, you know, there's the mainstream conversation, kind of like you were saying about sustainability, but um, in some of our other conversations we've had a deeper definition of the word and how it's more than just like environmental impact and economic sustainability it it, there's also like you know the social sustainability and cultural sustainability and stuff like that so i think both of those need to be wrapped up into that definition for sure i um, definitely agree with that how would you even just define what sustainability means to you or what sustainable means to you? So, I mean, for me, sustainability, like definitely the definition of the word has changed throughout my life. Like, I think when I first was introduced to the word, it seemed like through education, it was very an input-output focused word and a process-driven view. Like, does the input of what you're putting into something match the value of the output of what you're you're getting? And can that process be repeated in a sustainable way? And I think there is still a piece of that that is true about sustainability, but I think the inputs and all of the outputs aren't generally laid out and discussed whenever you're looking at a process like that. Um, So I I think it's somewhat still true, but it just definitely does not encompass everything that it should within the conversations that we've had around it my of course like my uh, definition of it has drastically changed and that tweet that and we'll, we'll find it and, and put it in the um the website that the tweet that we're referencing but it, it just made me think a little bit broad, broader about the word the definition of sustainability um in the way that like you know everyone is very gun hole and associating environmentalism with sustainability and i think um it just brought in that view into like the more personal well-being of an individual and ensuring that that is sustainable sustainable with whatever decision you're making or direction you're going i think um that piece like the well-being piece is is traditionally i think what's missed in that equation that i was telling you of inputs and outputs is like 
we're not considering the person as a person when you're you're looking at just like inputs and outputs Mm -hmm. yeah um i agree with that and like to me i i've previously said that what sustainability means to me is an all-encompassing um ideology that whatever it is that you're that you're doing will positively affect people in all aspects and it does take into consideration your economic background your position in life your religion and also if we're thinking about how we make a product thinking about the end life of that product what is going to happen when you've used x y and z like especially when it comes to the packaging and is are there systems in place that allows this to be reusable or to be recycled or be refurbished or whatever the case may be i think in in the rise of of modernization and of business within like the 1950s and now we were so gung-ho of like hey we can do things so much faster that we weren't thinking about the end life of whatever item we were making so a lot of the times like my sustainability practices does revolve around capital or, or economic purchases or like things but to take it a step further i'm thinking about you know my mental health are the things that i'm putting my time and energy into sustainable is are these habits that i can hold on to long term is this like a way of life that is not going to burn me out and it's not going to leave me feeling drained and is this going to be something that I can do long term and still be able to fill my cup and also fill other people's cup as well so sometimes the conversation of sustainability yes it it we think about it in uh, an economic climate uh, business perspective but it's a lot more broader of a term than we really give it credit in my opinion yeah no i, I completely agree and, and i think that point on like your um personal sustainability of your your livelihood is is an interesting one that like i don't think i've even associated the word with as well like it it's just funny um continuing conversations just broadening that perspective oh really well i'm glad i just enlightened you right now i mean not like <laughs> not it's like, just like not a direct association with like sustainability i get it i get it i think like, i mean i think the reason i went there is because like i'm so big on like the wellness and like motivational spaces that you kind of have to think about this whole hustle culture that we're that we're in right now is like is some of these practices even something that you can do long term like is it sustainable i hate to throw that word out there but really is this something that you can like continuously do day in and day out and it not affect you in a negative way like for example like the use of social media i know some people it doesn't affect them negatively but i'm Mm -hmm. a person that I can't be on social media 24-7 because in the end of the day, it has a a negative adverse effect on me and my mental health. So I often have to like step away and step back. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, I I think it kind of goes to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, too, around like the, the workload sustainability, like the caring too much and being able to just own what you can and, and let go of everything else, like still right. very much struggling with that. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, like I, that's the only way I, it's going to be sustainable at the end of the day. Like I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to last like doing what I'm doing right now. And I'm like recognizing that like pretty pretty aggressively. Yeah. And something that before this podcast, like I've been looking into, you know, sustainable fashion and like just a whole circular model of things. And what I'm beginning to see is that in order for us to be sustainable, it almost requires us to go back a little bit to the way that we used to do things. If we take fashion, for example, we have this culture of just buying something new all the time and or just not even wearing the things that we buy. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, there was a whole practice of and this and I'm speaking more so of Western first world countries like established um, societies like United States, UK, the whole idea of like mending your clothes or like taking a piece of clothing that doesn't fit you anymore to a tailor and getting that altered, like all of those practices seems like we've lost it as we've continued to become more modern. And as a result, we have an increase of pollution and an increase of waste and an increase of like just discarding things because we live in a society of like, more and more and more there's always something new and always not valuing the things that we currently have and in this new wave of a new mindset we are forcing ourselves to go back in time and reevaluate our personal life choices so in my sustainability practices it's helping me become more hands-on and becoming and helping me become more self-reliant and learning how to do things for myself. And in in doing that, I'm just building on basic skills or things that should be considered as basic and trying to give keep those practices alive, like getting into gardening and growing my own food. Like that that's just something that's gonna be sustainable for me and my family, but also to teach my kids, you know, when and if I have them to carry on these tried and true practices with them as their lifestyles and their, you know, and as they get older and move forward in life. So I feel yeah. a, a lot of times when, in, when we talk about sustainability, we have to acknowledge that it is helping us get more creative and figure out new ways to use things that currently exist instead of adding more junk to the cycle of everything that already exists. Right. And I think you just touched on a whole other piece of sustainability, which is the education to sustain all, of, like to sustain sustainability, like you, without to education. To sustain society, yeah. To society, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like education is, is like almost the core of that. It really is just like, I don't know, like I, I like the idea of like learning how to do things for myself, by myself. Like yeah. I know that I'm, I'm definitely speaking for myself because and well, in my personality, I'm just like a hands-on person. I like to learn new things. I like to be able to depend on myself to be able to do something. So yeah. when it comes to like basic necessities, like shelter, life, you know, livelihood, food, like those things that we used to need to struggle and work for hundreds of years ago, hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of years ago, like just because we no longer need to, we don't, we no longer have that hunter-gatherer a lifestyle that we live in doesn't mean that we should let those practices fade away as we right. become more modern, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, even just the hunter gatherer practices that we probably still should be like sustaining, right? You know, like 
basic plant identification so mm. of like what to avoid and not to avoid or what's edible and not edible like you know mm. just stuff like that like it like you were saying like if and when there was some type of um catastrophic situation that you know collapsed the support system that we have today for food and for you know basically our, our entire life like mm -hmm. would we be able to self-sustain ourselves in that environment and would our next generation be able to do that as well you know that's all of those traits um that we previously knew and leaned on or like right because we're like leaning more onto uh, mass production and uh corporations um, being able to take care of us. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with corporations stepping in to take care of um, the needs of people when they can't do for themselves. But I feel like what is happening is that far too often corporations are forcing people to have to rely on them by taking away resources that people would naturally have for themselves and mm -hmm. privatizing that and removing the option for people to be able to be self-sustaining. Self right. Yeah. And like, that's a problem. Like, um, well, and even within like, you know, marketing and advertising campaigns, it becomes like they're, they're selling that their process or their convenience is part of the norm. Now it's like a societal norm that they're convincing you like, Hey, wait, you need let us this. take care of it. Like you mm -hmm. need this and we can give it to you. Like, and here's why you need it. Like you don't want to deal with this anymore. So like, yeah, you're totally right. Like they, if in a way, like, like they're enabling but disenabling like at the same time facts and like this, this is like part of the reason why even though i'm not i i will admit i'm not that great at you know going to farmers markets and supporting the, the farms within my community i do understand the importance of keeping things like that around like farmers market and and mm -hmm. ha and allowing a community to be able to take care of the community a lot of the times when i when i say stuff like this the backlash that i get or the art or the rebuttal that i get is that well there's not enough food like we currently have a food shortage and there's not enough food around to feed everyone and i'm like mm. but we have a high food waste is like a real problem like oh, we're over problem. we're over producing food yeah. to the point that we're just like literally throwing things away so yeah. maybe if we cut back on our production and we use what we have everyone would be able to eat so i don't understand how people are out here going hungry and starving when you have a whole other, you know, society that's just like literally throwing away food because it looks ugly or it's not aesthetically pleasing to right. the for the consumer, and I just think that that's just a little, just a little crap. Like, a little backwards, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're ever saying that we don't have enough food is is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I mean in I, certain I parts of the like world, part, I guess, like, in the world, right? Yeah. For, <laughs> and, and now, appropriate access and appropriate systems to, you know self-generate food at this current time yeah but like like you just said the food waste problem alone shines on how much excess food we have yeah that we in have certain, in certain parts of the world like that's right for sure right i mean and to touch on the food thing a, a little bit like i just kind of think that some of our choices on where to grow and grow food is also questionable because mm -hmm. like why would you grow like for example avocado um, avocado, uh, there's a show on uh, Netflix called Rotten. Season one was amazing, but season two, I haven't finished watching it, but yeah. I think either the first or second episode is about the avocado industry. And they were talking about how um, 
uh, is a big, is an up and coming, or if not up and coming, or a big distributor of um, growing avocado plants. But there's a water crisis that's going on there. Like there's areas that are in drought, but avocados take like a ton of water in order to grow. So it's like, okay, if there's a drought going on, why in the world are we growing avocados in Chile? And the reason for that is to satisfy the taste buds of Americans and yeah. and you and people in the UK and now marketed avocado as this like superfood or whatever that everyone needs to get their hands on. So because yeah. of that, this has now opened up a whole industry of well in Mexico, illegal avocado. Uh, it's it's just crazy. Just look into the okay. whole avocado thing. But okay. that's just that's just one of the things. Like we should be making smarter decisions about how and where to grow our food, so that we're also allowing access to basic things like water. You know, <laughs> like right. how is profit out outweighing people's ability to gain access to water? <laughs> like that just makes no sense to me. <laughs> Profit is outweighing, um, like, basic human rights in a lot of yeah. ways. In, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and and I think that's that, not like, sustainable. <laughs> so, I think, you know, uh, that's not going to not gonna fly, guys, like, going, for, going forward. Like, it's just, I, the way I see it, like, I just, you know, you think, you keep seeing the trend of, like, how the economic structure is going. And, obviously, like, that's the impact on, on the world socially, like, it just feels like eventually there's going to be this like pop, you know, there's going to be like some, something that happens, right? Like, like something major, it feels like. I think we're like already slowly working our way towards that specifically with this new generation, Um, Mm -hmm. like our, our generation and the ones that are like right behind us. These two generations have in many ways wholeheartedly rejecting capitalism and yeah. we've seen that we're seeing that capitalism isn't in any way, shape, or form making our lives any better or or happier, for that matter. Are you, are you trying to say that capitalism isn't sustainable? I would say, though, I would say that, yeah. But I will be clear that the reason I'm coming, I have this opinion is because of businesses such as Walmart and Amazon and Google and like these really big tech giants and corporations that have ingrained ourselves in our everyday lives and employs hundreds of thousands of people. Like, for example, I I keep coming back to Netflix, but I'm going to drop another uh, documentary on you. There's this uh, documentary called The American Factory. I think that's what it's called. It's about this uh, uh, Chinese company who um, bought a uh, uh, Ohio GM plant in in Dane, Ohio, in twenty like after they just had to close down their factories and like ten thousand yeah. people lost their jobs after this one factory closed down. I'm like, yeah. dude, are you? That's insane. Ten thousand people right. just from one. So one pretty factory. much it's like right. yeah, from one factory, and it's like this right. is just it was just one place in Dane, Ohio, like. So, yeah. like, half the population works here. So, imagine, right. like, the economic, like, 
downfall that just that hit this place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's because we were centralizing yeah. how people Production. earn a living by just, yeah. you know, giving the power to like two or three select companies. Like what happens when things don't work out for them? Then all these people are just SOL. And and I mean, at the end of the day, like the companies don't care either. They, they care about, like you said, the profit. Like they're not caring about the people that they've just fired or their livelihood like Mm -hmm. or the effect of that area and its economic structure like they're not thinking about that right like so their version of sustainability is input and output and how can i reduce input to increase output (laughs) Mm -hmm. right but that's how they see themselves as sustainable because again in like the business world you're dead if you're not growing and that's how it's yeah in this american like this american lens of of business is like if you're not growing year after year you're you're a dead company yeah it's like if 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 you made and i know we we said this in in, a, in a, another episode but it's like if you're not making more money than you did this year then yeah. like you didn't make any profit and it's like yo you made a hundred billion dollars last year and you also made a hundred billion dollars this year and that's not that wasn't a good thing Right. I don't get exactly. That. Right. I don't get that at all. Like, not at all. <laughs> With capitalism and the way that like the stocks are structured, everything is just like a business competition, and you're just betting. Like, the stock market is just one big gambling game where like you're betting on a company to do better, and if they don't do better, like on record, their stock price is gonna dip, and therefore your whoever's betting on you is going to be pissed sell and get out and then you're in trouble like because you don't have the betters money to play with like right it's it's ridiculous so obviously like that model isn't accounting for any other inputs or outputs it's truly just the financial model and when you take the model of like hey this factory has ten thousand people to support it and all of the work that could be done could also be done at this factory that already has twenty thousand people and they have the capacity to do all that work right now. Move it, done, and it's closed. Like, or you go overseas, and you know I can do it for a fraction of the cost because of my input. I need my input lower to make my output better. It seems like obviously, like businesses, their primary focus is to keep their shareholders satisfied and happy. But from what I can, what I'm hearing from this conversation that we're having is that we feel that. If sustainability, if your business practices isn't taking into account how it's going to impact people, economy, and the environment, then what exactly are are we doing? Like all of those things have to be taken into account when you're choosing to to be in a position of leadership, um, whether through business or um, uh, everyday individual. You have to take into account how this affects other people and the planet. (laughs) Yeah, completely agree. And I think like, you know, just to sum up what we were saying that you and I don't feel that capitalism is sustainable. And because of that, that input output model, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not considering the, the people's well-being and our societal sustainability, you know? Like I, or even just like a, a human race sustainability it doesn't feel like that's the objective. So it's crazy. I, but I, I just I think 
our listeners got a good taste of what sustainability means to us and the different ranges that it can touch on and the different ways we're thinking about it. Is there anything else like that you've thought of that you wanted to share around sustainability or um, uh, grown into it? Actually, yeah, um, there's one more thing that I would like to touch on, I guess, as we continue to grow with this with this podcast and understanding how all of this affects us we have been making personal changes in our lives to align what we talk about on this podcast walk the walk and not just talk the talk essentially so some of the things that I've personally been doing to cut back is definitely using my dollar as my vote because a large sum of this is, I guess you can call it conscious consumerism, Mm -hmm. but I know that conscious consumerism isn't really gonna change a lot in the grand scheme of things because a lot of these things need policy and laws to be put in place for them for it to just become the standard. But in it's a um, piece of the puzzle, though. It, it's yes, a- indeed, it's definitely a piece of the puzzle. So some yeah. things that I've, I'm doing is that I no longer really buy new clothes. I predominantly shop secondhand and vintage and thrifting and stuff like that. I cook a, probably 90% of my meals. I try to eat at home so that I'm not contributing to plastic waste and just waste in general and keeping my money going to the to the places that I wanted to go to taking on like composting and trying to get into recycling mm-hmm. little by little and reusing items that I buy that can be reused in some way shape or form so obviously these are just stepping stones and like I'm as like building blocks for me to get better as I grow but every little bit counts and I am definitely uh, proud of the little bit that I'm able to do given my current circumstances yeah no that's awesome and I mean I think I guess for for myself as well I like some of the recent changes or, or things that um I've done is like you know, even just like you're saying, voting for your dollar, thinking about w- what I'm subscribed to, and I canceled my Amazon subscription, so yes! uh, we're oh we're God, done with that. Right? So, Are you serious? Oh yeah, totally. Oh my we're God. Done, <laughs> done with that. We, you know, like yes! actually, you know, we canceled our Netflix because we're a leech off yeah. your Netflix now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> the it, just like in general, like kind of focusing on that too, like where I'm purchasing things and trying to be very intentional, like. No more online shopping because, like, like again, it's just the convenience factor that we're after, like, of why we're doing it. So there's no other really reason for, for us to do that. Um, so, yeah, just kind of more conscious consumerism. And I think going into, like, the level of, for me, of what I've been trying to focus on lately is, like, because I'm taking, I'm purchasing and I'm taking ownership of this item, like, I feel like I also am almost taking ownership of the waste and disposal of it. So... Thinking of that for myself, like as I'm making that purchase, like how comfortable do I feel that I'm going to do the right thing and disposing of it or just, you know, making sure that when I do purchase something, I'm I am doing the right thing to dispose of it. So that's been the like, I guess, the big things that, you know, I've been trying to work on. Yeah, on a real like all of these all of these little things um, are a challenge on it in itself, just because um, primarily because we live in a in a system that doesn't naturally support these good wills that we're trying to do so sometimes it means like inconveniencing ourselves in the sake of doing the right thing and almost re-evaluating what you look to as a convenience and saying like you know what it would be better if i 
when the extra mile or spend the extra dollar to do X, Y, and Z, because I know that the output will eventually add up over time. But we're definitely not asking for perfection from anyone because we understand the climate that we live in. But if any little bit that you can do will definitely go a long way and good habits eventually end up stacking and adding to themselves to promote like just better behavior long term. And these are, you know, it just goes back to the whole education thing. Once one person sees you doing a good act, it may tug their heartstrings and motivate them to also make better decisions. And and by having conversations with people around you, either their friends, families, coworkers, you're also spreading the word and spreading more awareness through your actions as well. Yeah. Like the, the more you do it, the more it becomes the norm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you're spot on. Like we definitely do not have a system that's set up right now to support those actions. And I think that's sadly now as the upcoming generation, our job to fix it and Mm -hmm. like create a system that is, and I think we'll talk about it more in future episodes, you know, around like how the system isn't set up. Like, you know, I I know like the traveling example, I'd like to do an episode on of just like how to, how to be like conscious in a, in a traveling work position, or even just in a travel, a traveler position at at all. Like it, it gets, it, your decisions get very different. Um, so I, I'd, I'd like to talk about like how this system is set up around that. And um, yeah, I'm interested stuff. in hearing about that just based just because like, I know traveling is something that I would like to do more of in life. And just like what everyone says that they want to travel more. So how do you sustainably quote unquote travel? Like how right. do how did how do your choices then differ when you're no longer in your natural element? of how you typically do things like right. you know, yeah. that that should be interesting yeah and with like less control over your environment you know yeah well um i guess that'll be a wrap for today's episode um it was definitely insightful um this is just like a small taste of what sustainability means to us as a whole and obviously um as we continue to grow and expand our ideas like the this definition will inherently change over time um, as it has already changed within the short span of time that we've been doing this. So I'm looking forward to take more of a deeper dive into other areas of sustainability and how it affects us in business business and climate and politics and just all of the above. Et cetera, et cetera. Everything. Yeah, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sustainability of the human race. Like, <laughs> like we, we need to have that in our like tagline somewhere somehow. <laughs> yep, that's. We'll just put it on the website that. somewhere as like a banner. Or something. <laughs> we'll get it out there. Grappling with the sustainability of the human race. <laughs> like, race right? <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, uh, well, but this is um this is I guess we'll call it a wrap. Uh, yeah. at this point um thanks for checking us out thanks for tuning in um we definitely hope to see you or hear from you or listen to you or whatever the case may be right the next please episode. <laughs> please come back yes, reach out and please come back <laughs> thanks for listening guys. thanks for listening <laughs> later <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's discussion. We would love to hear your input and takeaways. Please reach out to us on Twitter at The Rhyme of Reason or email us at therhymeofreason at gmail.com to continue the conversation and share your feedback. Remember, if there's no sound reasoning in the systematic approaches we apply to everything we do, then why do we do it? Tune in next time.